I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Hey, everyone. And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Jason, we are coming to the end of the year, and uh, this is where our industry gets slammed as, as far as the, uh, the people that are doing the, the design and the installations and trades. Yeah, all the trades and the uh, design side gets really slammed at this time of year. Everyone's trying to, it's not as bad because it's not a code cycle year. So there isn't that crazy push, but there's still the the end of the year push that everyone's trying to meet. But today I wanted to talk about, kind of ties into that, is that feeling of overwhelming, being overwhelmed. What's that? (laughs) So uh, what sparked the thought is I received an email um, from a client and it was like this long laundry list of things and areas were in red and just a little insight just from school I think I have this like underlying anxiety that emerges when I see red just from being redlined in school and early on in my career Uh, so anytime I see red it's just like heart starts beating a little bit faster (laughs) but I got this email long list and some areas were in red and I'm like starting to freak out a little bit But I realized that in comparison to years ago, like I can think of a specific incident like three years ago prior to going out on my own three or four years ago where um, I got a list similar to that. And I just like 
full on had like not a full on panic attack, but pretty far, pretty close to it, stressed out. Um, And I realized that I don't get that way anymore. And I was trying to think, is it just a time thing or is it just stuff that I've learned along the way, which I guess is a time thing. But I wanted to talk about how do you handle that feeling of overwhelm, uh, of being overwhelmed and maybe give some tips to people that are younger in their career or earlier mm-hmm. on in their career. How do you handle that <laughs> and, and sort mm-hmm. of avoid stressing out and having a panic attack, an actual panic attack? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting topic, especially for right now. And the reason I would say that is because I would tell you historically, I'm usually pretty unfazable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember coming in times to the office and having just all these things that I had to get done, right? Bids, measures, drawings, whatever I had to do, quotes, and or just other problems that pop up during the day. So historically, like I would come back in and I would be able to kind of look at it, have a momentary like, holy crud, how am I going to get all this done? And I've always had the very unique ability to just kind of, and then just go through it. You know what I'm saying? And, and normally what would happen at the end of it, um, I would realize it really wasn't that bad. Um, and if, and I was thinking, I've been thinking about this a lot though, because I did get very overwhelmed in the last couple of weeks. Hmm. Um, and so I was kind of thinking like, what's different? Why is that way? I mean, even going back to when I played sports, you know, as a goalie, right. in hockey. And it's like that there's no pressure, more pressure packed position because you make a mistake and like everybody knows, you know what I mean? Um, You know, any of the other players that are in front of you and it's always a team, but anybody in front of you, they make a mistake. There's an opportunity for somebody else to save them or me to save them. And it doesn't end up in the back of the net. When I fuck up, you you can tell, right. Red light goes on, people start cheering, you know, whatever (laughs) the deal is. Right. And you feel like garbage. Right. So that was that way in hockey. But then in soccer, what I was, you know, I was talking with my son about this the other day because you would do penalty shots. You know what I mean? Like every so often I come down to PKs or whatever. I always shot five. So you had five shooters in it and I was always the last shooter for our team. So I was always very used to pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always, always very adept to being able to focus and, and kind of, you know, keep my wits about me for the most part. Not that I'm successful every time. God knows that's not the case, but I just, I had that mentality about me. Just used to the feeling. Just, yeah. You know, I was able to have clarity when I needed to. And, you know, there was a great movie that Kevin Costner was in. I'm not saying it was great acting, just great movie. Um, and it was called for love of the game. It was a baseball movie. I don't know if you ever saw it, but anyways, he had this one thing where, you know, you got a stadium full of people and he's a pitcher. Right. And he would just do this one thing where I think he said, you know, close the mechanism or something like that. And like, you would hear all the noise all of a sudden it would almost like muffle and everything would go blurry and it'd just be him and his pitcher. And so I was always able to do something very similar to that. Right. So it, it kind of got to me, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I legitimately was overwhelmed. I mean, just from the amount of things we had to get done in a short amount of time every day, you know, especially on the trade side, there was somebody that was sick or whatnot, didn't have COVID, but just sick or whatever the deal is. So it just messes up your field operations. Another person was down in the plant. So it's like, we got to produce all these things. The builder timelines never changed, even though all my vendors are now getting us stuff super late, you know what I mean? Or whatever. It's just like, and, and, and then something would go wrong. You're just like, Argh! you know, like, like, <laughs> And, um, and there's, there's some other emotional stuff going on with us here at the, you know, personnel wise in our companies. And, um, so it's a lot, right? Like it was just like, it was just a lot. And then, you know, my wife was having a couple struggle days and then my kids were, you know, whatever. And then it's like, and then get to L I'm going to LA three or four times a week right now for hockey, you know, like three, four hour stints. And it's just like, it just became a lot. Yeah. And, and the worst part was there was no hope. 
it didn't feel like there was any hope for it to get better. So we're talking about election crap and you can't trust anybody anymore and <laughs> all these kind of things. And then Newsom comes out and says, now I can't even go to church on Sunday. You know what I mean? And it's like, like that's one of my places of peace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so luckily my church is bucking that a little bit and we're doing it all outside and everything like that. But it becomes a very overwhelming situation. And so a couple of things went, you know, came, came, uh, came to mind. One was going back and taking that breath and making sure. And then I realized during the last couple of weeks, I hadn't worked as hard as I normally do in the gym in my workouts in the morning. Didn't lift as heavy, didn't go as hard, you know, those types of things. And so like I refocused today, actually this morning on like, okay, we're going heavy and we're going hard. You know what I mean? And I want to feel like I'm able to accomplish something, you know, which is a mental thing. Right. Um, so I got back into doing that. Um, the other thing was, you know, for me, you know, with a, with a, you know, I'd like to say high faith background, getting into a devotional every single morning that my wife set me up with, you know what I mean? And really setting a few minutes and praying and, and doing those types of things to try to get my mind right. And, you know, give me the strength to carry through what you're presenting to me. But at the same point, realizing I'm not capable of everything on my own, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Um, trying to pour back into helping other people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Instead of worrying about what I have going to the teammates that need help and making sure I pour into them, which ultimately, you know, makes you feel good about what you're doing, makes them feel good. And you probably have less stuff come your way in the, you know, you know, down the line. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been a, it's been a hard, hard topic to really like single out one way to, you know, keep yourself sane when we're all dealing with a lot of crap right now. I mean, and now you're going into the holidays and they're telling you, you can't get together with people. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, it's not the point, but it's, 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 it's taking away something that you're used to doing. That's a joyful experience for most. Right. Um, you know, and then who knows what Christmas is going to look like, you know, you know, all these other kind of things. And, you know, our church on Sunday is saying, you know, Chris, we we may not be doing Christmas mass here. And I'm just like, what? Like, no, you know what I mean? Like, no, I will be here with my laptop if I have to, you know what I mean? Like doing it. Like I literally was telling, you know, joking. I want to get a bunch of people with their laptops and go to church. And if they're going to broadcast, at least we're all there in the community doing it together. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Um, so it's been, it's been overwhelming, but I think the biggest thing that I've, I constantly try to take away is that idea of, okay, even though you feel like you have so much to do, take a short walk, take a deep breath. You know what I mean? You know, meditate, you know, woosah, right? Martin Lawrence woosah <laughs> um, for, for a few minutes. You know what I mean? And refocus because most of the times it's us projecting into the future, the issues that are going to arise and we're not there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we're just not there. And I mean, sleepless nights about what's going to happen the next day and all these other kind of things, which I've been doing a lot of that for the last couple of months. I just haven't been sleeping. Like I'll get three or four solid hours of flipping over back and forth each night and, you know, drive my wife nuts, I'm sure to a certain degree. And, you're worried about something that, that you don't even know how it's going to go down, but we're just projecting these things in our own mind that make it far worse and take away from the energy that would enable you to actually get the stuff done that you need to get done. Exactly. Um, so I think thinking of those things is super important. And there was a podcast I was listening to that, and it's always great because sometimes these things come right back to you. And it was the idea that, Hey, be present. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing, be present. Don't let your mind wander off into something else. Fix this. I mean, obviously plan, you know, like don't be an idiot in the business sense, but, <laughs> but like, but don't worry about all these potential issues and let it snowball when really a lot of us are trying to take it day by day, because the only thing that you can see right now is the only consistency is all the inconsistency you're going to deal with in every single day right now. Yeah. There's no firm, there's no firm base. Yeah. So stop trying to make it one because you literally have no control over what the rules are going to be tomorrow. 
it's not normal right now. So stop trying to make it that way. No, for sure. And you hit the nail on the head that I think um, the biggest thing that I was going to say was that on a physio physiological sense, um, our minds are just geared to project into the future and take into account all the possible scenarios. And it's usually focused around all the bad ones, which oh, yeah. in <laughs> which stress you out and make you think, you know, the world is going to collapse in on you. Um, so I think a lot of what you said of, you know, hone in on the things that help establish a comfort level and those small wins for you. Um, but also in a specific instance, like the email that I received or those situations where you received several emails, take a breath and then just start making your to-do list. Just stop and don't let others pressure dictate how you address your situations. So you make a list prioritize, reach out to people and actually have a conversation and say, look, is this really as pressing as it seems? Because sometimes it's not. It just comes across that way. And you've already flipped out in your head thinking that it's, you know, they need it in five minutes when yeah. in actuality. They went on vacation for a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you did do it, it'll just be sitting there collecting dust. So figure out exactly what needs to happen when uh, prioritize, make your list and, and you can even push back and say, well, you know, I have a lot of things coming. So can we do this then uh, at, at a later time or whatever? And then you start to push things around and make it more manageable because not everything is usually as dire as it seems. Um, so it's, it's a matter of stepping outside of the moment of the stress, uh, yep. and then trying to figure out and work with people on, you know, what's the best way to approach. You know, there's, there's two other things I wanted to mention, right? So one of the things, um, I'm back wearing one of my old watches that I loved and it was just a whatever, but, and that's not even the case. I wanted, I wanted to get a new battery in it because I loved it so much, but I actually wanted to get rid of my Apple watch huh. and the re so I have it and I use it on the weekends and I use it when I work out. I mean, cause the main reason I actually liked it was answering phone calls or like silencing without having to get my phone or changing the music when I'm working out. Like it was the easiest thing, right? Yeah. But I would get notifications all day long, text, 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 all these other kind of things or whatever. I'm like, enough, enough. Like, I don't need this. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't need that. It's convenient. But then I realized it was like constantly breaking my focus. Yeah. And so I was like, no, no more. Like, like no more. You know what I mean? I'll use it for convenience on the weekends and whatever else when I want to. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go back to something that makes more sense for me. And let me point, let me point out, cause I'm sure people listening, I'm, poor, I'm sure people are listening, like just turn off the settings. Jason's no. not a tech guy. <laughs> My wife did that. But I think for me, and she told me that and she said the exact, yeah, I'm not a tech guy. And so, you know, my son came and asked me a question about his iPad the other day and I looked at him like, really? Like, you know, it's better than I do. Like you're coming to the wrong guy. Yeah. I'm like, let's go work on the motor in the car outside. We'll yeah. do that. Right? Um, so your but, second point. Yeah. So, so my second point was the actual ability to make a decision or make a choice is the power. Mm -hmm. So, and what people don't realize are going to say, well, I don't have the, the power to make that decision. It's like, no, no, no. Like it's not, not necessarily about which way you're going to go with whatever problem you're presented, but the choice in making that decision from, do I do this now? Do I do it later? Like, you know, those types of things. And even believe it or not, you're making a choice by not making a choice. If that makes sense. Um, that's where the power and the, 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 the mental focus and stability can come in. When you realize you're presented with two options, 
you may say, well, it really makes the best sense to make this choice, but you're still making that choice. You can make the choice to go a different route as well. And, and I think that's the important, important thing that people need to remember is your ability to make a decision, to make a choice is only yours. Yeah. Whether you feel you're being pressured one way or the other, that's still a decision you're making. Nobody can force you to do that. You know what I mean? And that, that's a lot, there's a lot of power in that, like mentally. Um, and when people can start to understand that, you feel like you regain control of what you have going on. So when you have the 15 tasks that, and I believe that's a very real situation that needs to be done in a day, mm-hmm. you're deciding what needs to be knocked off based off of what you think makes the most sense in what order. Yeah. So you you have power of choice and power of decision yeah. there. You know what I mean? And, and I think, um, I learned that, you know, a few years ago, um, and it really helped me a lot with being able to stay sane with what I'm going. Cause like, Nope, I get to do this how I want to do this. Not necessarily what my table is being set with, but I get to do this how I want to do this. And I thought that was um, uniquely empowering, you know what I mean? It, and kind of gave you a little bit of, a, a little bit of focus, but dude, I'm telling you, like we have some stuff coming up over Thanksgiving weekend um, for sports. And I'm, you know, I talked with our coach and I'm just like, Hey, I need to get out. <laughs> like I need to not be here. Yeah. Like I need to be away because vacations have been gone for us this year where I normally get a mental break. You know, those types of things, but nothing but go, go, go. So even I, you know, my wife was proud of me for recognizing that and just saying, no, I need to just get away from the house. So I don't have anything to do here. I need to get away from the office. I need to get away from it. Like I need to just go. And if I sleep for three days straight, <laughs> right on. Yeah. But it's, it's also having the opportunity to sit back and recognize, you know, that you, that's like, you, you need to recharge somehow. And if you have an opportunity to do so, you should, and it's going to be a, you know, almost a no cost option for us to do what we're going to go do. So it doesn't mean it always involves going to Hawaii. Like we love to go to Hawaii. Right. Um, we should have, I guess it should have been a California legislator. I probably would have been able to go, but, um, <laughs> but, but, but nonetheless, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to stay sane and to not feel overwhelmed. Um, especially when you get into a busy section, like you mentioned, and then you lop on top everything else we're all dealing with as human beings. Yeah. It just brings the emotional heightened sense to a whole new level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said earlier, when you, you have to stay present. Cause I think when you look at the larger scope and take in all the things and you look at the, the, the big scope of everything that may be going wrong, then you, you're done at that point. Because you can't focus on anything that you actually need to get done. And it just prolongs everything because your mind is wandering. You feel despair and anger and whatever. Um, But like you said, if you take that control back and realize that your reaction to the situation is completely up to you. So understand that even though someone may have a higher title than you that gave you a task or your client gave you a task, you have to put them sort of on an equal level and be willing to have a conversation with them to figure out, okay, I need to get things done. You want things to get done. Where can we push and pull to, to make sure that we can all get this done together? Dude, a hundred percent. And I have teammates that work you know, quote unquote for me. Right. And I give them tasks or whatever else is, but I'm infuriated <laughs> when they don't communicate with me. Yeah. There's never been a time when someone's come in and been like, I mean, I, I can say never, there's never been a time when someone's coming in and is like, I can't get this all done. What do you want me to do? And I'm like, too bad. Just figure it out. Yeah. 
I will walk through it with them and ask them what they need me to do. There's a method to my madness at why I'm walking through it with them. Cause usually they find out their space or whatever it is, and they're able to accomplish 99% of it. But then I've also taken the, the, the worry off of them by saying, that's okay. This can wait, or this can wait, do it in this order, but understand what order I'm having you doing and why, so that you start to prioritize your days based off of that. You don't have to ask that question that often. And you start to understand what's the most important and for what reasons, you know what I mean? But I get, I get pissed when people don't talk. So I, it, I would say if you work for somebody that is upset when you're coming to them saying you can't get everything done, and you better legitimately be working. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be on social media for three hours a day and be like, I can't get it all done. I don't know why. Or you know walking I mean? around so, the office chatting with, with people. <laughs> we know. You know what I mean? Like we know. You think we're stupid. We know. You know what I mean? But, but don't, don't, don't make it that. If it's not that and you're – boss or however you want to put it has, and I don't use those terms. So however they want to do it has an issue with it. You're working for the wrong person mm -hmm. because they're not really in it for everybody. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I wanted to mention one other scenario before we get out of here, but like on the architecture side, I don't know if you guys have this situation too, but on the architecture mm -hmm. side in larger companies, usually um, sort of the, the entry level staff or, or junior staff will have work from multiple uh, lead architects, designers or whatever, and have tasks coming from several directions. And there, I've seen people that don't say anything and they know that they're getting overwhelmed with assignments from several people and they just like freak out and they're stressing out and staying all night to try and get all this stuff done. But it's like, put, <laughs> raise your, <laughs> yeah, like raise your hand, uh, and talk to all these designers and say, look, you're giving me stuff. You're giving me stuff. Um, I can't get all of this done in this amount of time. So we need to figure something out. And then they can talk to each other to figure out that's, priority. That's the key. I mean, when you look at it and you go back and you basically say, and, and I and I had to learn, I was that person. I never said no. You know what I mean? And I still have a problem saying no. Don't get me wrong. But I never said no. And so what I would do is I finally got to the point where I looked and I'm like, okay, here's everything. And it was it was more of a singular individual I had to go to. But I'm like, here's all the things you've given me. You need to, so that, so it identifies one thing first, right? How much stuff they've dumped or given me in a short amount of time frame, right? So at least that way now they're really aware of it. Because a lot of times we're not, and I'm saying we now, meaning as I'm going through my day, I'm just delegating different things to get done. We're not necessarily aware of that. But the second thing it does is it shows that you're also able to organize and recognize and don't have a problem from a respect, stand, respect standpoint of going back to the individual and being like, okay. I have these eight things that you're telling me need to get done right away. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So can you give me, can you give me an order at which you want me to knock these out? Yeah. And so that way, most of the time what we do now at that point is we look at it and go, okay, I need these three done today. Can you get this done by today? These done by tomorrow and whatever. Yeah. Yes, I can. Okay. But then I also know for today, tomorrow and the next day that I can't just go dump another three or four things on top <laughs> yeah, of them. Exactly. So, so you have to be willing to step out of that a little bit and talk to them and communicate at a high level. Yeah. And by high level, it's not just, I have too much to do, which is what most people do. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I hate that because I'm like, no, you don't. Cause I know what I gave you. And then I want to go in and now what I'm going to do is like, well, what are you working on? Yeah. And now I'm going to make them show me everything they're doing and how they're going about doing it. And all this kind of, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Right. You want to go to them and say, Here, here's my problem. Here's my solutions. Are you good with that? Yes. Great. You know what I mean? So I think that's key. Like you were saying, you got to, got to get that hand up. But then when you get that hand up, go back to them in an educated manner. And so. and the other 
the worst side of the the other side of that coin is that you don't say anything and you just miss a bunch of deadlines because oh. <laughs> you didn't say anything and you thought if you stayed up three days in a row you could get it all done um so you know don't be afraid to raise your hand talk to people figure out what's really priority and uh, get stuff done so uh anyway i think we've uh given people enough to chew on for this episode but uh, as a reminder, we're coming to the end last few weeks, so please do what you can to, to share these episodes with someone that you think might find them interesting. We did have an episode last week on um, the Eiffel Tower, so check oh. that out if you haven't yet. Uh, that was with uh, Second Studio, formerly Midnight Charette. It was a crossover episode. And other than that, we will talk again on Thursday. Thanks. This show is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.